30, 35, 40, he's the midfield, and they'll never catch The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Spasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me Your News Network, and this is the 83rd episode of the podcast on December 11, 2014. The number 83 most famously worn by Ted Hendricks, who was a linebacker in the Oakland Raiders days, early days of football, a four-time Super Bowl champion, apparently... He has blocked, or he did block, rather, 25 field goals throughout the course of his career. That sounds like a nightmare. That's, that's pretty <laughs> impressive. Uh, also, Andre Reed, a famous oh, wide yeah. receiver for the Buffalo Bills, also mm-hmm. known for the number 83. Uh, we're getting deeper into December. We're kind of in the, the off week of college football. I mean, there's yeah, the Army and Navy game, but you know that's this is just one game. You do have the Heisman Awards ceremony coming up. You're getting a lot of the awards out of the way tonight. That's going on right now. I mean, you have Amari Cooper winning the Blitnikoff. Um, you know, they still have yet to announce a lot of that. I mean, of course, Marcus Mariota with the Davey O'Brien. I mean, those mm-hmm. those two kind of were no-brainers. But, yeah, we've got the Heisman. we got the top four teams decided for the playoffs. We have the Bulls. We have Major League Baseball winter meetings. So let's talk about all that before we get into recapping the last week. In football, and then predicting next week's or the coming NFL games. Joel, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, it's uh, finals time here, Ooh, so boy. I'm taking some of those, and that's just that's just the most fun thing ever. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know, and uh, you know, event, actually, I think starting this weekend, I'm gonna have uh, I know like my younger sister coming from Colorado, big Broncos fan now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, it'll it'll be you know the holidays are right around the corner. It'll be nice to kind of get together and just watch lots of bowl games and NFL games. Yeah, it just that reminds me of that commercial that the NFL shop has going around right now. We're like, oh, our kids were this fans, and then they met this girl, and then they had babies, and then the daughter met Emma Smith, and all that. It's just like. Yeah. We're we're Viking, Cowboy, Eagle, Steeler, Bengal, whatever. <laughs> but then, like, when you're all together, like, what games do you watch? Exactly. That's kind of the issue that you're running into right You there. get NFL Red Zone. Yep. Boom. It <laughs> solves everything. That's that's where you actually get to see those games where there's, like, a foot of snow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Joel, tell us about the college football playoff Final Four teams. All right, so... Coming in at uh, number four, surprise, Ohio State wow. making it in. Um, kind of, uh, you, you know, if if I were doing the rankings this week, uh, I would knock Wisconsin completely out of the top 25. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because um, you got us here, guys. <laughs> you know, you, you act like you're a great team. With, you know, a great offensive line and running back. And then you just, I mean, has a team in in the Big Ten Championship laid a bigger egg? Not that badly. 
I mean that that was an obliteration, and we we talk about how going into this game you've got a quarterback who has never started third a game at the start of the year. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean they make him look like he'd make a nice NFL quarterback. <laughs> I mean it's just like absolutely amazing how much time he had to throw um, in that game. Wisconsin could not get any pressure, and they they couldn't run the ball. Uh, you, if you've watched them this year, you know that in the first quarter, second quarter, uh, you know they don't really average too much per carry. But as that game goes on, is when they really wear down on you. That mm. never happened. They got down by so much they had to completely abandon what they usually do. Yeah, that's and, trouble. And by by that point, I mean honestly, the game was over. Probably after the yeah, after like, halftime. It's like so. thirty-eight nothing at halftime. Yeah, I mean, it that's, just that's embarrassing. it. it, it I mean, I don't know. It, it, the the sad thing about it, though, is it's like, okay, so it may, sure it makes Ohio State look good, and it is clearly their best win of the season mm-hmm. by far. Like they they look great. But what does it kind of say about like if that is that really supposed to be the second best team in the conference? Yeah, I, they, mean, I mean, think about what they did to Nebraska. Is what I'm saying, right? <laughs> like, so um, it's kind of the question of the Big Ten right now, and know. thinking towards the future of the conference. I mean, yeah, you have Wisconsin, Nebraska, Minnesota, maybe like those are like the the strength on that on that west side. And you have I feel like Minnesota would have given Ohio State a much better game. Probably they did earlier in the year, that's for sure. Yeah. But you know, on that in that division, you still have uh, you know Illinois there, Indiana's there. Uh, I think Northwestern's there as well. Like yeah, it's all comp- not a I deep mean, division. I mean, they're competent teams, though. They they go in and they don't get blown out every game. That kind of thing. It's kind of like I can't like I kind of look at it as the same way as uh, I look at how, even though it's a little bit different this year because Florida State's won all these close games in the ACC. Oh yeah. But yeah. there's a lot of game. There's a lot of teams in the ACC that it's like. They're okay. They are a bowl team. Like they're definitely a bowl team. So that is the thing that I'm seeing argued all over the place about why Ohio State should be there because of the number of bowl teams that they've beaten. Mm. But we're to the point now where you don't have to do much to get into a bowl game. Oh no! So for how many when you are, say yeah. bowl team, what does that even really mean anymore? Mm. It just means okay, you won maybe six games. Yeah. Like I I don't know so I still don't really know how they decided this I think that they based a lot of it on their last game I like I I don't know if I think they kind of overlooked the rest of their schedule I think they did uh, you know strength of schedule and then out of conference strength of schedule because Ohio State had pretty I mean you know for strength of schedule they're like forty something. Mm-hmm. In the country, strength of schedule out of conference, it was pretty high up there. I think maybe in the top twenties or so. But mm-hmm. yeah, the Big Twelve representatives, uh, Baylor, I think, was dead last as far as out of conference. Yeah, and just it was for TCU. Was Though I would, there, yeah, so. I would look to like an uncommon opponent between TCU and Ohio State, mm. for example. Like what what TCU do, TCU did to Minnesota early in the year compared to what Ohio State did to them late in the year. Um, very, a very close game between Ohio State and Minnesota. And I think maybe second game of the year, TCU just blew them out. I think it was nonsense in the first place that TCU got put ahead 
over Baylor in the previous week. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you have the head-to-head speaking right there. Um, but I'm, I'm gathering that you were, were bothered by this. Because well, the, the I think three, the reason that I'm, think that I'm, the reason that I'm kind of bothered is because I think out of all of them, Baylor has the best win hmm. against TCU. Yeah. Um, I, I think the, that's the thing that kind of stands out to me because if you want to say that, uh, you know, you want to say that Ohio State's best win was that last game. Well, I mean, I still think that the, I still think that Baylor's win over TCU is much better. Yeah, as far so. as making the comeback and all that, I'd, I'd agree with that. I mean, because the rest of the three, you know, Florida State barely hangs on. And they're undefeated, so there's no reason not to put them in the top four. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we'll think they'll probably get, you know, shown up by Oregon, who's number two. And then yeah. Alabama, you know, wins the SEC championship handily to stay number one. So it really is, you know, three teams battling for the one spot. Yeah, and I really think it's the Big Twelve. They can call it what they will with the one true champion, and that they like to that you know everyone plays everyone in their conference. They can say that all they want, but in a college football world that has so many conferences with a championship game to determine a championship team, giving them that one extra game to you know give off that final impression. That's what the Big 12's lacking. And yeah, it's, you know, some conferences like it, some don't. But there should probably be a uniformity there. Yeah, and I think, I, I actually think that all starts with them just going and getting those two teams that they've been thinking about getting for a while now. Um, I'm kind of surprised that whenever they made the move with TCU and WVU, they didn't pick up the other ones. The the other two teams that they had talked to and that were interested were Virginia Tech and Florida State, hmm. which I don't know how that would leave the ACC. I don't know necessarily what they Crippled. what they would go from there because that would just completely destroy that conference. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently, like, apparently, there's mutual interest there. Interesting. Um, so it isn't just kind of a one sided thing. Um, and I, of course, I'd be fine with that because that's two teams that are in our time zone. <laughs> oh yeah. So that means like more reasonable times for our games and stuff, <laughs> which I would love. Yeah. And we were supposed to play Florida State anyways, but, but we had to cancel it because we moved to the Big Twelve. So. Oh. Mm. Um. So that would be great, but um, I, I do think that it does start with them expanding because here's the thing: eventually, you're going to have to expand anyways. Because I think what's going to happen is all of the conferences are going to keep expanding until they're like 16 teams or something like that. Yeah, as all those yeah the four mega conferences. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's kind of how it's going to end up, and that's why you've just got to go ahead and make that move because making that move already makes it easier to set up divisions and go ahead and make your conference championship game because you need to. And I think the backlash that the commissioner is going to get from all the schools because mm. of the money that's going to be lost from this because yeah. they're going to lose a lot of money. Uh, which is, it's, it is, it is kind of interesting that they, they're still making a surprising amount of money, like from the projections, even though they didn't get into the playoffs, yeah. but they, they would have made so much more if they were in it. So no, definitely, um, definitely. I don't know. I just think that, uh, you know, let's say they do have that game and Baylor and TCU do play again. The winner of that game obviously makes it into the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, you saw some of the reactions on 
on social media from players, like especially at TCU. Like there's one that said like, "Oh, you want us to score more points?" They're going to beat Iowa State fifty-five to three. That's not the point. You played Iowa State, and you had some of your competition playing championship games for their conference against good teams, ranked teams. It's not a matter of wanting to score more points. And at Baylor, you know, they they did win considerably yeah. eleven points, but I think to make a bigger statement, you needed a bigger blowout. Yeah, that, I mean, I I think it was kind of all in their hands, and they 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 did not. They okay, so they looked impressive at times in that game, but every time they started to make it, you know, closer three score game, Kansas State would answer. Mm-hmm. So it's you you've absolutely had to. It, it was your time to put on a Baylor like performance, and you didn't quite. Yeah, they needed you know, a great performance. The, they got a good performance, basically. Yeah. And I think it was just like so overwhelming, like how good Ohio State was playing, and just how like it was like Wisconsin didn't even show up on the field. Like, mm, yeah, I, like honestly, it was a point where like I was watching the game and I was like, they've given like they completely given up. They're not even trying anymore. So, you know, they just, just were making it really easy on them. And I don't know, like, I it it we'll get to see exactly where Ohio State stands. Just exact, you know, same thing with Florida State. We're gonna figure these things out pretty quick. And I'm I'm glad that it's going to end up the way that it is because I feel like this is we will clearly see if either of those teams is good. Not to mention, I don't, I don't feel bad about the other teams. You know, oh right, right. So. Not to mention that our prediction still has a chance of coming true. Both of us predicted that Oregon and Alabama would be in the final championship game. Now I had Alabama winning. You had Oregon winning, but still, the dream continues. Yeah, the prediction so, continues. What is it? Uh, is it Ohio State versus Alabama? Mm-hmm. That's right. In the Oregon. Sugar Bowl. Yes, and then Florida versus uh, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, Jameis and- Winston versus Marcus Mariota. Ooh yeah. boy, that'll be something. Jameis so, with that unbeaten college streak still on the line. So, like, because you know, I, like you saw, I was asking David because I, I honestly didn't watch that much. By the time that I got to see the Arizona Oregon game, it was just out of hand already. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And Rodriguez was uh, very unhappy, um, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm assuming that there there really is that much of a difference between Marcus Mariota, you know, healthy, and their their offensive line. Yeah, playing much better. Hmm. Yeah, it must have been. Must have because been. I mean it, it's you know I mean it was much obviously closer game when they played the last time. It was, you know, at Oregon. Uh, so it would have seemed like this would be, you know, wouldn't be as hard, but I guess they just are kind of on such a streak right now. I don't know. They're, they're playing very well. They're playing very well. well I'd, I'd say yeah, Alabama, too. Alabama no, for sure. Certainly, certainly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there were, there were parts of the game like, oh, maybe Missouri might have a chance. Mm-hmm. Then they, they had that defensive end, had that targeting shot on Blake Sims, who threw a brilliant that, ball. That, I mean, that that's their best defensive player. Yeah, but that was, that was the death. Yeah, basically. What other you know bowl games stand out to you as you know possible good ones? Because I look at 
the Cotton Bowl yeah. at Michigan State and Baylor. And that's looking to be a good one. Yeah. I I mean, I'm you know, probably going to be pretty high scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we also have the Peach Bowl, which is another one of the, you know, the big you know, top-ranked team matchups with Ole Miss and TCU. The Orange Bowl, Mississippi State and Georgia Tech. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings move sponsorships. That's interesting. They're now with the Citrus Bowl. And you get Missouri and Minnesota mm-hmm. on New Year's Day. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, aside from that, it's just the weird names. The weird, weird names of bowls. You get the Boca Raton Bowl. That's in Boca Raton, Florida. Uh-huh. The famous Ohio Potato Bowl. How about yeah. the Raycom Media? Uh, I mean, I keep your eyes on the the Fiesta Bowl just because. Uh, is is Oregon excited about that? Or not? Or I mean, is Arizona excited about that? Or are they because they're like, oh, we made it here, but we got to play Boise State. Yeah, it's gonna and be an interesting. One. You never know, Boise State. Gosh, talk about the they bring it in the talk about the name drop off though of the Fiesta Bowl. <laughs> that used to be a, a BCS bowl, and now it's just not even on New Year's Day. Oh. Yeah, um, I don't know, man. Belk Bowl, Belk Bowl. I mean, you know, if I don't know, if Florida could win that game against East Carolina, who's been pretty surprising this year, like that could lead into expectations for next year. It's so strange that Florida's even a bowl team. <laughs> it is kind of funny. I think you know, it's, it was all about the um, what, them beating Georgia? Yeah, probably. That would be the one. That, that was a shocker, yeah. The um, Bitcoin St. Petersburg Bowl. What? Bitcoin's even a, a thing still? I didn't hmm. know that was... Oh, I can't! Yeah, I can't wait to watch the Belk Bowl though, because yeah, <laughs> commercials Bowl. during the Belk Bowl are just awesome. Belk Bowl. It's just like <laughs> I'm always like I'm always like telling my mom and sisters, I'm like, you guys should watch the Belk Bowl because there's some great commercials during it. For those that don't know what takes place. <laughs> oh, Belk, because it, it's like women's clothing. Oh, really? So, yeah, <laughs> it's like a women's department store. It's like mostly because I don't, I don't think I've ever seen any men's stuff there or anything before. So what a sponsor! Yeah, so, so it's like um, the Zaxby's Heart of Dallas Bowl. Yeah. Ooh boy, Illinois um, was a bowl team this year. What? Oh, Illinois uh, sucks though. The the Russell Athletic Bowl. How about Oklahoma? And the way they just uh, finished. The way they lost to their rival. Oh my, like, I turned that game off. I was like, this, okay, well, this is over, you know, blah, blah, blah. That comeback was amazing. Yeah. I mean, the punt return to tie it up. That The punt return itself was just, I, I don't know how, how in the world <laughs> you let that happen. Um, but Oklahoma State beating Oklahoma uh for all the, the for all we've talked about how bad Oklahoma State has been this year and how many times they've gotten blown out that was really impressive so Oklahoma's season just continues to not be even close to yeah, you know we could go all the way back to the bowl game 
last year where they beat Al- they upset Alabama and yeah. then and we you know thought they were going to win the Big 12 and they were a top 5 team and nope 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 that quarterback play let them down you have the Heisman candidates though uh, Marcus Mariota Melvin Gordon and Amari Cooper mm-hmm. now Melvin Gordon has taken home the Doak Walker award tonight for best running back in the nation so each player has won their respective category and it it seems fitting that those yeah. three are going I and I, I think that you you've pretty much got the order right. You could probably flip flop Gordon and and Amari just mm. depending on what who's voting and stuff. But yeah. uh, you you do have to mention that you know Melvin Gordon, though his record doesn't stand anymore. His I'm I'm sure the the Wisconsin record stands, but the NCAA record's gone because of. Uh, Oklahoma broke it the next oh, week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Somebody but still, right. anytime you break a NCAA record and you put up that many yards, people will notice. Well, so, yeah, for the single game. Um, he, he just announced, right, that he is going to Yeah, he is going to the NFL. Um, and I, you know, I mentioned, like, this is the single game record, but he is right now, like, the fourth most in a season. Yeah. Uh, and that's very impressive as well. But yeah, not, I, I think not an impressive it. performance last week. But mm, yeah, well, when you get smoked like that, yeah. Um, but I think you got to give it to Mariota. Uh, he's you know trending to be the number one pick in the draft. He had a very good year. All the touchdowns responsible. And and, and the, I'd say cemented it with the huge game against Arizona. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. I kind of I'd say that kind of locked everything up. Um, you know, it's a, you know, we still say Cooper, like, he had a crazy, insane year. Like, oh, it was um, remarkable, yeah. Yeah, so, and, you know, uh, you know, I, I'd, I'd say the <laughs> defenses in the SEC um, are definitely having a hard time adjusting to how offenses are changing. Like, because offenses used to be, uh, I don't know. A little more conservative. It used to be, yeah, yeah, it used to be a little more similar to what you would see with more Big Ten teams. Mm-hmm. It was Power usually, offense. Yeah, yeah. like, uh, you know, a cloud of dust kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, but as I'd say, like, you know, kind of with Florida spreading things out, everybody started to do that. And so, you know, guys like Cooper take advantage of that. and It's hard for people to cover him. But they do have the athletes down there that get recruited, so. Yeah. Any you know players can cover it. They would be them. The Major League Baseball winter meetings are underway. This is usually where a lot of the big deals get done during free agency because everyone's in the same place and everyone gets to talk. Uh, so John Lester has moved on. He did spend some time with Oakland, but mostly with Boston last year, and he's on to the Chicago Cubs huh. for six years. So the Cubs are starting to get some of their pitching in order. A uh, big trade today between Detroit and Boston. Detroit sending Rick Porcello, who's you know, a young starter who's you know, rather good at ground ball pitcher, which is needed in Fenway Park. And they're starting to build that uh, rotation in Boston for all these ground ball pitchers. So Boston gets Rick Porcello and sends Ioannis Cespedes to Detroit. So that is uh, looking like a pretty solid middle of the lineup there in Detroit with Miguel Cabrera, with Victor Martinez, with Ioannis Cespedes. Uh, pretty good, but Detroit's probably going to be losing uh, Max Scherzer from their rotation as well, because he wants seven years, two hundred million dollars, <laughs> which 
I think CC Sabathia has the record as far as you know total money for a pitcher, and that's like one sixty-one or something like that. So it's Scott Boris, and he drives up the prices on his clients as an agent. Uh, Matt Kemp's going from the Dodgers to the Padres, and the Dodgers are picking up uh, Jimmy Rollins from right. the Philadelphia Phillies. So other trades being made. I used to have you know, certain players on the board, and you know Max Scherzer still yet to be dealt or you know free agency picked up, whatever. Uh, same thing with James Shields from Kansas City, formerly Tampa Bay, uh, still on the board. Uh, Melky Cabrera is still there, uh, but yet yeah, some teams making some good moves. Um, you know, Boston is picking up all you know some good ground ball pitchers. Justin Masterson from the Indians going to Boston. Wade Miley from the Diamondbacks going to Boston. So they're trying to remake their rotation. Uh, <laughs> the White Sox are picking up some good pitching. Uh, Brandon McCarthy is going to the Dodgers as well from the Yankees. You know, more more pitching. So it's all moving around. Yeah, uh, should be. It's interesting to always see where. The pieces fall whenever the the baseball season starts back up again. Yeah, with the draft too. Yeah, it's just all part of the the carousel of free agents that are going around. But in college basketball, it's it's the regular season. You know, Kentucky's still undefeated. They're number one, the unanimous choice. Got a close game with Texas. They, yeah, they, they kind of like struggled a little bit, but they still won comfortably, even though they struggled. So I'd, I'd say that uh, they, you know, it's. It'll be interesting to see them actually get tested. Hmm. They had a game with Columbia yesterday where they were losing uh, surprisingly late, but then they yeah. you know pull back and win by ten. So yeah, it's still a low scoring game. The worst losses of the season probably come to the Big Ten because number seventeen ranked Michigan was playing at home against New Jersey Institute of Technology. And they lose. Hmm. Great job there, alma mater. So so proud. And then yeah, they follow I'm up like the very next game. Here. They follow up the very next Let's game. See Maryland. Ooh. They follow up the very next game by losing to Eastern Michigan, who are in the MAC. Now Eastern Michigan had not beaten Michigan. Since what, 1997, that's when they had Earl Boykins on the team. He wanted to be an NBA player, and that was, you know, I think, you know, during the sanctioned era, you know, at the start of it, at least against Michigan. So mm. it's been a long, long time. That team's in trouble, but they may have been redeemed as not the worst loss, or at least, you know, the strangest opponent, because Nebraska ended up losing against. University of the Incarnate Word. Now, Incarnate Word is it's their second year in Division One basketball. Uh, bad, bad losses for the Big Ten. Yeah, um, everybody has a loss. At least one loss, right? Uh, I think so. Should be, uh, I think, the top... Now, granted, Wisconsin's, teams, I mean, yeah. Wisconsin's was against Duke. I mean, that's, that's a tough okay, one. Okay, yeah, that's not bad. Um, but, uh, you know, trying to at least like look for like a, like a one seed so far. Like that's, that's what I mean. Like Wisconsin, right. I think still maybe has a shot. They do have like a shot. They're, they're very good. Yeah. I mean, for some of these teams, like if, you know, for Michigan, who's had very good back to back, 
you know, runs in the NCAA tournament, you know, for a first time in quite some time, uh, it's going to be you have to do very well in your conference mm-hmm. <laughs> because when they go to the, you know, picking the bracket and they look at those bad losses, that's not going to help your chances. Huh? I noticed Penn State's nine and one. Hmm. That seems a little. That is surprisingly uh, good. Better than usual. Yeah. Let's see. They beat USC. They beat Virginia Tech. They beat Duquesne. So that's not bad. Had a boy, Nittany Lions. They, they lost in o- oh, they lost in overtime, one o six to ninety seven, and two overtimes to Charlotte's. I think oh. the Charlotte Forty Niners. Oh. The, who are four and four. Well, it's that's better than the New Jersey Institute of Technology. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk football and you know the championship week in week fifteen for college football. You did have Arizona versus Oregon, thirteen and a half point spread in favor of the Ducks, and yeah, you know, Oregon fifty-one to thirteen. Uh, that was that was something. I think there was the stat also since the game was played in Santa Clara, uh, which is uh, the Levi Stadium, the Forty ers mm-hmm. new stadium. Like Oregon's played two games there, and apparently they outscored the Forty ers like those uh-huh. two games. Then, like, more than the 49ers had played, like, what, the last four games or something like that? It was hmm. some crazy stat like that. <laughs> Maybe Oregon would have a better time playing there than the stadium it's designed for. Yeah. Iowa State at TCU, minus 33.5. Again, like, it's 53, 55 to 3. Uh, but that was not even a competition. It wasn't meant to be a competition for TCU. It's just... They're playing the weakest team in their conference on the last mm-hmm. day. And it was just not. I mean, it was impressive, certainly, but when you compare yeah, it to. I a, mean, yeah, Boykin probably had a one of his better games so far. So. Certainly lots of stats there, absolutely. Yeah, the SEC Championship Alabama versus Missouri, plus 14.5. Uh, could have been kept close early. I was, you know, picking Missouri in that one for the hope. That would at least be a close game, but uh, Bama is just too good as the number one team in the country right now. It did remind me of like their other, of what we used to see from Alabama, where like you look up and you're like, "What the school? What? They're up by thirty? Yeah. It doesn't feel like it." Yeah, exactly. Forty-two, uh, thirteen <laughs> final. I mean, Nick Saban's been saying like this team's overaccomplished greatly. And I would agree. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you like having watched them from the beginning of the year, like when we played them. They have drastically improved yeah. because yeah. they look beatable I mean, then. Yeah, they definitely look beatable, especially on the deep ball, and they've seemed to sort of that out. That's good. Yeah, Kansas State yeah. at Baylor was essentially a pick'em game. Uh, Baylor at home, they win thirty-eight twenty-seven. So as we were saying earlier, it was a good win. They needed a great win. Yeah, you know, and I think that maybe if uh, if their QB had been completely, I, he, I think he still had a heck of a game for. <laughs> coming off a head injury and all the other injuries, but uh, it's still, they weren't quite as sharp as they needed to be. Yeah. In the ACC Championship, Florida State versus Georgia Tech. Plus four. I mean, they were hoping for a close game, and they got it, because Georgia Tech needed that onside kick at the end. It's another another squeaker there for the Seminoles. 37-35. to 35. 
Maybe, Joel. Maybe we'll see them get smashed by war again. <laughs> I think if they don't get smashed by one, they're going to get smashed by the other. So, They'll just watch because football is a weird sport. If Florida State ends up winning the national championship again. I, either they are truly a team of destiny or the fix is in somewhere. And then we won't. There was definitely in in the ACC this year because. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like some, some of those. Guys. That, thank goodness. Uh, thank goodness none of our teams had to play them this year because, holy, ca- I can't even imagine what it would be like to be some of these other fans. <laughs> there, there were some, oh, just terrible. The ref push. Terrible Like I can't even believe it. Yes, yeah, like not just like pushing them into into winning but pushing back (laughs) (laughs) oh boy and yeah we talked about wisconsin versus ohio state uh badgers were favored by four because (sighs) of you know the third string quarterback cardale jones because they don't go to football they don't if we don't go play school whatever that quote is (laughs) uh he he showed up though uh, very impressive, you fifty-nine did. to nothing win. Uh, Big Ten championship game right there. Yeah, I, I like. I just don't know. It's like they they did what Wisconsin did in Nebraska, mm. basically. To demoralize I, them. How? I, they're just like that's. I can't. I still can't believe that they almost beat them straight up, sixteen to nothing. Like it's. Yeah. That's supposed to be a championship game. I I still think that that's completely messed up. A championship game should never look like that. Yeah, it's certainly a win that got them in the top four. Then in the extra point, Fresno State played Boise State minus 20. And Boise State was leading by about that much early, but Fresno State backdoor covers 28 to 14 on that one. Also, what was it? Uh, East Carolina loses... So UCF, um, I believe Marshall came back and won. They were they were losing to Louisiana Tech. Wasn't it Quarterback. for for UCF? Was like the Hail Mary. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. That's what for, it was for a share of the AAC championship. Yeah, we both had um, UCF at the beginning of the year. So, so go. There were some. There were some. You know, none of this. Big Ten championship game nonsense. There were some good championship games out there. There from were lower lower schools. Some exciting games, like stuff that like this is that's what I want to see from these other bowl games. Even if it is two bad teams playing each other, I want them to be like, you know, so, punching it out like competition. Like, Both teams want yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Mm. It's exciting to see. So, absolutely. Uh, the NFL for <laughs> oh, week Tem- oh, and Temple beat Tulane ten to three. So there's oh, yeah. a barn burner right there. <laughs> Some joke about Bill Cosby. Oh, jeez. I mean, I'm sorry, you mentioned Temple. It's, it's, it's right there for the taking. Although he's now off the, the Temple Board of Directors. So. Yeah, I would say, yeah, definitely. Oh. <laughs> get, get out of here. In week 14 of the NFL, Pittsburgh at Cincinnati, the Steelers going on the road and doubling up the Bengals. Look at that. Just uh, running the ball. Forty-two. I mean, really well. This is. I think he had like. I don't know. It was like definitely. I think over 150 yards again. He was, you know, close to matching some three-game rush streak. 
uh, with Walter Payton. Like, you know, 700-some yards over three games. Really impressive. Uh, 42-21 final for the Steelers. Carolina Panthers go into New Orleans in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome where New Orleans usually has the edge. I mean, they're fighting out that division with Atlanta, minus 10. And Carolina goes and stomps them. 41-10. I thought it'd be close because, you know, 10 is a lot in the NFL. Yeah. But not Carolina winning and not to that extent. My goodness. Are, are the Saints even trying to... Are the fans at the game? Yeah. Because usually they have just a great home field advantage. What's going on there? Something's up. Something's in the gumbo down there. Kansas City at Arizona, minus one and a half. Uh, Arizona puts a, you know, together a good win at home. A close mm-hmm. game, very close game, 17-14. Yeah. But I think the, the people making the spread knew what they were doing. Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't know about Seattle and Philadelphia, though, minus one and a half. I mean, granted, that's like the, you know, the three-point spread or whatever yeah. for the home field advantage. But Seattle is playing so well right now. Their defense is suffocating. Looking awfully familiar. Mm-hmm. Especially as the end of the year rolls around. 24-14 final. New England at San Diego. Uh, San Diego was throwing some punches early. Yeah, and definitely. New England just storms back. 23-14 final. Covers the 3.5 spread in favor of the Patriots on the road. Though, Atlanta at Green Bay. I mean, come on. Minus 12 spread. <laughs> Thirty-one to seven at halftime for the Packers. What happens? Atlanta somehow makes a comeback. When I'm in bed, I'm shocked to see it's a forty-three thirty-seven final that Green Bay wins. But my goodness, they not have... really known for their defense. I... <laughs> that just, was ridiculous. He just throws touchdowns. <laughs> uh, just disgusting. Because like I was hoping for like a you know. A, Five and one week would be pretty good in the NFL. No, nope. they, they need to let their defensive players do Lambo leaps for like sacks and stuff. Some like that. Plan. That'll do it. <laughs> so we were both four and two in the NFL, uh, and then I got five and two in college football. You had four and three. Next week we'll calculate everything together and we'll see who had the better picks. Mm-hmm. I don't know something we've been lacking on a bit this week because or this year rather, because it's just it's been craziness. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know we could use more people competing in the picks. Yeah. Oh well, you, you know even if you haven't tried it before, you're not a big fan of football. Like it's you 50-50. Know, yeah, I mean, heck, there's some weeks where we thought we picked the right picks and almost go like <laughs> oh oh and six or oh and seven, and you could have just picked the teams that you like the names of or the colors of and done better. So it, yeah. It, Anything can happen in sports. Save the people who do a sports show. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do another week of NFL predictions as that regular season's continuing on. We start with an AFC East tilt with the Miami Dolphins going to the New England Patriots. Minus 7.5. Your pick, Joel. Uh, I got to go with New England. Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, you know, coming back home after a close win. I think that... Uh, I think they'll, you know, they're familiar with Miami, that, that too, you know, play them a lot, so I think they'll know how to take advantage of that defense. Yeah, if it were in Miami, I think Miami's playing well enough this year that they could keep it close and be scrappy, but New England at home, you know, coming back off of a, a big comeback win against another very good team. It's going to be cold. Yeah. It will probably be cold, uh, so I'm going to take New England to cover the 7.5, though, which is watch it be a touchdown and... 
Uh, that'd be yeah. frustrating. <laughs> Cincinnati at Cleveland, it's a minus one in favor of the Browns. So for our rules, it's essentially a pick, and we don't do any you know ties and all that stuff. I'm going to take the Bengals because it's going to be Johnny Manziel's first career start. The era of Johnny football begins, and I think it gives them some electricity, but not enough to win against a team who's still barely clinging to that AFC North lead in the Bengals. So I'm going to take Cincy. Yeah, I mean, they they need a win. Yeah. So, uh, kind of a must-win game in division, which makes it even more in, in important. I think that they'll kind of recover from last week. Hopefully their defense will put better. Yeah, big down the stretch for a lot of these teams, that's for sure. I mean, you even have one tonight, which I'm going to be interested to see catch the second half of that when we're done recording here with mm-hmm. Arizona and St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, St. Louis coming I'm off of two straight shutouts. Look at, I mean, just he, they're finding ways to score points that uh, a lot on special teams. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of special teams touchdowns. So I think that. I I do think that the Tavon Austin thing is paying off for them. Like finally, it's it's mm-hmm. to the point now where he's learning coverages and everything like that. So that's I mean, don't look definitely now. helping. Don't look now. It's near the end of the first quarter, and St. Louis still has that shutout. It's three nothing in favor. Of the I Rams. always thought I always thought if they could get a quarterback and kind of like hold on to him and like keep him upright, <laughs> then they could Sean actually Hill. have a decent team. There. Sean Hill, uh, he's <laughs> one of the he was one of the better backups in Detroit, but man, he's Putting some good wins together. Yeah. Denver. I'm sorry. You said Cincinnati, though, right? Yeah, they yeah, did win. Right, okay. Denver at San Diego, plus four, the AFC West matchup. I mean, you get in the last few weeks, you get all these you know, division matchups, and these are pretty important. Who do you pick? Uh, I think I'm going to go with the Broncos. Okay. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's kind of that point in the season where they 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 need to win these games that they're supposed to win um so i don't know i mean it could very well be close but uh i think i think they could could win by like a touchdown interesting last year i was in new orleans on a business trip and you know we were watching football at a you know some restaurant for a good you know southern barbecue right and it's this matchup of Denver at San Diego. I'm like, oh, Denver's playing so well. They'll win. Well, San Diego beat them. Yeah. That was, that was quite the surprise. Now this weekend, I'm going on a business trip to Austin. Hmm. And here's this matchup again. I'm going to take San Diego because I, I got a little too spooky right there. It's just, ooh, <laughs> coincidence. And yeah, as San Diego wants to avenge, you know, last week's tough loss, they want to stay in that playoff hunt, and they're at home. And sometimes they seem to have Denver's number a little bit for at least some close competition. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take the Chargers. Although the NFC West, San Francisco, after a horrific loss to the Oakland Raiders, that's you know sending Colin Kaepernick, you know, comfortability questions. Just spinning and Jim Harbaugh and what's his future and well they're going to the twelfth man in Seattle. <sighs> favored by ten. That is a lot. And you think it's like, you know, the NFL, these law of averages that you know San Francisco should bounce back, they should keep it close. 
I want to pick San Francisco because of that, just at least because 10 is a lot. 10 is a lot. But Seattle, the way they're playing right now, at home, with that defense, like there should be no reason that they don't cover. So I'm going to take the Seahawks. Yeah, I mean, the last time they played, that, which wasn't actually that long ago. Um, the 19-3, yeah. Yeah, it just uh, re- yeah, really couldn't do anything. Could not move the ball at all against them, so... I don't like I, what has changed since then. They've San Francisco's looked worse. Mm-hmm. Um, losing to teams that you know aren't even in the same league as Seattle. So uh, I, I I don't know. This is very that'd be very hard for them to win this game. Yeah, I'll, I'll still go with Seattle. I think they'll cover the spread. All right, Dallas at Philadelphia NFC East Sunday night game. Your pick. Uh, I think I'll go with Philadelphia again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they can win again. Yeah, I mean, they dominated Dallas last time they played. And I think that's the, what I'm going to base it off of. I mean, yeah, they need to, they need a win. This is going to be their big one. They have the you know, tiebreaker this is over like Dallas. the decider, already. yeah. Yeah, pretty mm-hmm. much it's going to be the decider for the division. And I think you know, Philadelphia has that mental edge from last time where they just shellacked Dallas. I'm going to take them at home to cover the three. And we wrap it up on Monday Night Football with New Orleans coming off that tough loss against Carolina. Going to Chicago plus three. And give me the Bears. Bears need a good win just to kind of salvage their season. And I mean, New Orleans, I, my Super Bowl pick at the beginning of the year looking very wrong. This, very, would, yeah, very this wrong. would end it. This would end it. Put a bullet in it. It's done. It's just... The NFC South is so bad as it is, but you have Atlanta playing Pittsburgh. I mean, that's not even necessarily a guaranteed win. What is up with this division? No one wants it. Nobody wants it. Uh, give me the Bears. Uh, yeah, I think I got to go with the Bears too. Just uh, more, more based off of that division and and New Orleans just. What? Well, I mean, what did they know they were supposed to play last week? Or yeah. They just maybe it wasn't really them. I don't know. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, that does it for this week of sports. I mean, you know, college football wrapping up, preparing for you know bowl season and all that. Heisman, that's up next. Yep. Uh, but yeah, the last few games of NFL football, man, it's gonna be something to see it come down the stretch. Yeah, we actually get to see it's you know four game playoff, and you know still probably not what everybody wants. It's what fits into the schedule, so that's that's why they can do it. Um, and uh, so I don't know. It's gonna be interesting to see like. Do do Ohio State and Florida State compete in those games? Even if they lose, which a lot of people I'm sure are going to already say they're going to lose. Do they compete in those games? Mm. Do they keep them reasonable? Yeah. Because that's that's probably more important to the ACC and the Big Ten than anything else. Is if those if they compete in those games and like stay in those games and do not let them get out of hand. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because that. Again, those bowl results do factor into next year. And set everything up for the next playoffs. Hmm. 
So, update on college football rewards before we wrap things up here and go watch some NFL football in the NFC West there. Uh, you have Scooby Wright, the third, from Arizona, winning the Nagurski Award for Best Overall Defensive Player, mm-hmm. the Lombardi Award for Best D-Liner Linebacker, and now the Bednarik Award for Defensive Player of the Year. I heard that he was pretty impressive. Very good. I mean, he's got just a bunch of tackles for loss. And I'm sure that fumbles. he played a big role in the the first time that they beat Oregon and their, when they beat Arizona State. And Gary Patterson, TCU Coach of the Year. I'd say probably nobody expected them to finish the year in the top ten. Mm-hmm. So definitely kudos to them. Well, we're going to wrap things up there with that. I am Peter. And I'm Joel. We hope you enjoy the weekend sports. Take it easy.